This podcast is part of the TrekSphere network. To find more Star Trek-related content, visit treksphere.com. You get to start. Are you, are you all set up? I am. Do you have your clothes on? Is that necessary? For me, yes. I like knowing that you're clothed, <laughs> even if I can't see you. Are you, well, are you decked out in full Klingon garb? That's right. All right. Well, then, yes, I'm dressed. If it makes you feel better, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you wouldn't lie to me, would you? Over podcast, Never. For the integrity of our <laughs> listeners, I have never lied once to you or them about anything, ever. Right. I like that you give the caveat, making it even more credible of a statement. Over podcast? No. <laughs> As you know, this is the measure of an episode where it is our continuing mission to explore what makes Star Trek genuine Star Trek and not just a reference show for Star Trek. And I don't say that I don't say that snarkily. No. I say that huge appreciation reverence. Yeah. Yes. I'm Paul and I'm Jonathan and uh, we do this using three criteria. The first one is is there science fiction that is used within the plot um, in a solid, immovable way? Is that sci-fi presented in a unique or novel manner? And is there a moral or ethical dilemma that a character must face throughout the episode? I'm Jonathan. And I'm Paul. And this week, like everybody else in the Star Trek universe, we watched Lower Decks, Season 3, Episode 4, Room for Growth. And the blurb. Always the blurb. Uh, always the blurb. Um, I'm going to blurb myself. <laughs> Mariner... Boimler and Tendi clash with their arch rivals, the Delta Shift. The Cerritos engineers go on mandatory relaxation leave. So I have to ask now that just because I said Delta Shift. So is that a reference? You know how last last episode I said that everything is a reference to me. Like uh-huh. I go into reference overload. Right. I have reference anxiety when I watch the show. <laughs> and so they, there's this whole thing about the Delta Shift. And how Mariner Boimler and Tendi are on the beta shift. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, do you remember Chain of Command? We watched Chain of Command. Yeah. Where uh, Captain Meany, I don't remember his name. <laughs> We're going to call him Captain Meany. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, who I know has like been on the this season. He's been referenced this season. Uh-huh. And I still can't remember his name. So Captain Meany tells... Not Archer. Oh, that would be weird. you're saying meanie, like he's mean. I was hearing yeah. meanie, like um, like a name, M I M I. Oh, that made more sense to you? No, I thought I was just going with it. Like meanie makes a lot okay. more sense, but just I love that you okay. were calling him Captain Meanie. Like, uh, yeah, Captain Meanie uh, tells Commander Riker, uh, "No more of this three shift crap. We want four shifts." I'm getting that right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the other way around. Okay. No. Yeah. So is that is that a reference? The fact that there are four shifts and not three. No. For twenty four hours, the, the there's the choice between those. Um, there's no reference. That is a real life thing. Oh well, I'm sh- I'm shocked that I pointed out the one thing in the show that probably isn't a reference yet again. <laughs> I just want to know: is this a thing? Like, did, did at some point Captain Meany? Did he rise the ranks at the Federation or Starfleet and say, no, we're all doing four shifts now? Right. Well, I make everybody. Right. I make he, everybody. Yeah, he was Admiral. Um, that was the uh, the scroll in the first episode. So that is that is entirely possible that he so had enough influence. He's Admiral Meany now. Yeah. Oh. 
Okay. Okay. So that's reference number one. Check. Check. <laughs> right. Okay. I have another question about this episode. Okay. And that happened right away. There's this weird, dark musical sting at the very top of the show. Oh, okay. Like we're like we're walking into something that's already have having gone bad. Right. Do you? Which we were did. you conscious? Of, well, but they were very casual about it. Yes. Right. It's not like they were like screaming and running down the hallway, tearing their clothes off. No. Yeah, but I, they were they were talking preparing about- for a, for a podcast. <laughs> right. They were running late. Um, yeah. But they did talk about how busy the Cerritos has become, you know, and so like it just it seemed like they were um, uh, war fatigued where like they just they've seen so much that it didn't even phase them anymore. Right. It was just weird. It was a strange like I know that you needed you need the onboarding with music like you can't just mm-hmm. show up and have there be no music like this isn't this isn't breaking bad. Right. It just was an odd because it was a typical sting of less than five seconds type of uh-huh. thing or they mix it out or something like that right so it just struck me as weird because i know that the spirit of manuki uh-huh. uh becomes a, a player which that is a reference don't tell me that is not a reference <laughs> that is a reference i, I got how, that one i wonder how long i could keep that up like no it's, no it's not no, a reference happens everywhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> just masks that take over your body that's just kind of a, a trope at this point <laughs> And a 24-hour day, that's uh, that's just going to be inherent to a 24-hour day is yeah. the spirit of Manuki. <laughs> you, just, you just expect it at this point. <laughs> now, was it the same mask? I don't think it was. Well, no, it was not the okay. same mask, and I don't think it's the same culture either. I think it was just, you know, because they were talking about, like, was she possessed by any strange artifacts? And they're like, ah, well. <laughs> okay, I have a question. I have another question. Okay. I asked I asked this like you've seen more of the show. I know that I have. Right. But it seems like that I know I said reference show at the beginning kind of offhandedly. Mm-hmm. But it it kind of is a reference show because it doesn't seem like at any point they ever explore that. Right. Like the show wasn't about the spirit of Manuki. No, not at all. Yeah. It was just sort of something it that was- happened in the background. It was actually very similar to I, – I want to say Quantum Leap, but Sliders is a little bit better where – because Quantum Leap always ended with the tag for the next episode or led in from the tag from the last episode or the, the closer from the last episode. And Quanta, or Sliders had them start the episode leaping from a planet that we saw nothing about. You know, They're like leaving some kind of crazy thing like all the ice caps had melted and so they were sitting on a buoy or the dinosaurs never went extinct so they were running from them you know and they leaped into the next world and that's where the story took place so that was kind of like this where we're catching the tail end of this great adventure this you know this great problem that they had to solve and they're going into well, this that's episode. how yeah that's how most action adventure movies start you know if you think of mission impossible or indiana jones mm-hmm. or any of those types of things that's the fun way to start something because you can have fun with it and not have to explore it, and that's what they did with with Captain Manuki. Yeah, <laughs> and I just. But my point is that it's you know we've talked about how we we wish that some of the topics or plot lines or or characters in Star Trek, specifically uh, Next Gen, we wish they had explored more. Right, and they never do. That's never really happened. Yeah, you know. They don't really revisit stuff, except in this show, except they don't really revisit it. They just sort of say, hey, we know this is here. Right. They just kind of nod to it. Yeah. They acknowledge that it's part of the world, which 
it's nice. I feel like it's nice because if you if you've never seen like if Lower Decks is your introduction to Star Trek, it just feels like a very rich world where all of these things are things. You know, it's like oh my gosh, there's so much going on. Where if you have watched Star Trek, you know where all this stuff is coming from. But you don't, again, you know, like we talked about before, you don't feel lost watching this episode if you've never seen any other episode of Star Trek. I can imagine it being overwhelming, though. If you're just seeing all these random things and you're saying, yes, I'm sure this was some sort of reference that I missed because I haven't seen Star Trek. Like, I want to know who, how many people have had their introduction to Star Trek through this show. Right. Like. <laughs> It's got to be close to zero. I right? would I would love it if there was one person who got their introduction to Lower Decks through us. Like not that they, you know, not that they hadn't heard of it because obviously if they're listening to this podcast, they're a Star Trek adjacent at the very least. <laughs> if you if you've never heard of Star Trek and you listen to this podcast, I want to know how you got here. Please email us. We'll give you five dollars. Right. We'll give you ten dollars. And like, why are you still listening? Like, oh, this Star Trek thing seems—I don't know what it is, but they seem to enjoy it. <laughs> but please tell me more. Right. Uh, but yeah, I would. I would love it. It's kind of the same thing. If there is one person out there who was not watching Lower Decks and decided to start watching Lower Decks because of our podcast, let us know. We'll pay you ten dollars. We'll, yeah. Why more? Why more? Yeah. Okay, then fifteen dollars. <laughs> All right, $20. That's the lowest I'm going. <laughs> well, there, there was a comma, an implied comma. Why? More? Or why? More. That's what that's what it is. Yeah. Why, comma, more. Right. Just as in... Why? Why, of course I would. Me. You know. Yeah. Why more? Right. Right. So anyway, I just wish that they would go into some of these things, as opposed to this just, them just being references, right. truly references. Yeah. I want them to explore. I mean, I don't really care about the spirit of Manuki at all in fact i dread the day that we watch that episode of next gen i've never seen it so i'm so looking forward to it yeah you say that it's like saying i'm so looking forward to watching the star trek prequel not star trek star wars prequels right and then you get it you know 15 20 minutes into it it's like well that that's completely (laughs) evaporated (laughs) how much more of this what did i sign myself up for uh so another thing occurred to me on the show that it's kind of implied when they're walking around the ship because they go on an adventure in the bowels of the ship. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of implied at, that the ship is treacherous if you don't know what you're doing. If you don't know where to go, if you don't know how things work, uh-huh. that this is not a kid's adventure. In the sense that the people in Star Trek and the Star Trek universe into the Federation – these ships are not there sort of as just easy drive things where right. you can just kind of tell the computer where to go and it goes there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of expressed in this episode that these ships can actually kill you if you don't know what's going on. Like you have to be a highly trained person. It kind of – you remember the Star Trek Next Generation episode we watched where they pick up three or four hibernated humans from the yeah. 1980s? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's, why they, that's why they keep them in that room. Because you can actually, like, kill yourself with this ship. Right. If you don't know what's going on. Right. If you don't know, like, what buttons to push and where to go. I mean, they they take it to the nth degree with the swamps and the dolphins and things like that. But I like the idea that that these are not – like, these are real – this is like a regular 
naval ship on the water. You can't just walk in there and be okay because, oh, the technology won't let me die. Right. Or, this is an advanced civilization. How would I be able – why is anything treacherous? That's not the way it is. Like Space travel is a treacherous act and you need very sophisticated ships and technology to get through it. And even then you might get attacked by the spirit of Manuki. <laughs> right. Well, and when they were in the hydroponics lab – there was a skeleton in there, which was curious. Oh, I missed that. I missed that. Yeah, like in the establishing shot of the hydroponics area, there was just a skeleton sitting in there. So just proving how deadly this ship can be. Yeah, I, I like that. It's kind of nice. I kind of wish this was a 45-minute. What, what would this show be like if it was twice as long? Well, as yeah, long would, they, would they fill it with more content, like actual substance of a plot, or would they fill it just with more jokes? Yeah. I would think the jokes would just get old. I don't know. The, I, what episode is this? Episode four? Yeah. Four. I really enjoyed this episode just with all of the little one-liners. <laughs> like uh, Phillips, I think his name is. I don't tell the doctor how to hypo her spray. <laughs> right. I, I just love how that acknowledges, like, as an engineer, he doesn't know anything about the medical side of things. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Right. Right. Zero. He hasn't even seen the show. Right. Yeah. I wonder if there are writers. And then the writers of the show, is there sort of a a descending hierarchy of people who are familiar with Star Trek? Or are they all kind of just as familiar with Star Trek? And just as nerdy about it. Right. You know? I I have to believe that it there is a hierarchy. You know, there is that writer who's either terrible or, you know, he's okay, but he knows so much about Star Trek that they use him as a point of reference. Um, since there's you know no search engine or one source where they could find the information, I feel like we would be the perfect writers on this show. Not because we're great writers, but in terms of our knowledge of Star Trek, I feel like we're a good subsection, a good median of, of how much information to know to be referenceable. Mm, because I don't think so. Because I can't draw on it at the drop of a hat. You know, like you I don't have to draw it. Like you're just a writer. <laughs> they have people that do that, especially drawing on hats. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why? <laughs> you know nothing about animation. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I would not think to reference masks or um, there was another episode. Like, remember called, that cartoon mask? Yeah, with the like the Transformers knockoff. That's the only thing I know about mask is that it existed at one point. Or the movie. There's the movie mask. Oh, right. That's the mask, though. No, not the mask. Mask with Cher. Oh. Um, And the guy who was supposed to be Marty McFly. What's his name? Eric? Eric Stoltz? Yeah. Um, Nice. Eric Stoltz with, uh, like, he had huge facial prosthetics. You don't remember this movie? Oh, right. Okay. That's right. This, But this wasn't the Elephant Man. No. Was it? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Uh, but he did die at the end. I remember that's the only thing I remember about that movie is Cher like laying over his bed and crying. And that's why he couldn't do Back to the Future because <laughs> he was dead. Yeah, that's a big yeah. problem. <laughs> well, how so do we get why. Here? What happened? Yeah, this, is, right. this is why. Well, I feel like we maybe we're not the writers, but they would turn to us and say, do you remember this reference? would be like, yeah, hey, I do remember that. And they'd be like, all right, we're putting it in. <laughs> but if they run us run by something that's totally weird and obscure, they're like, eh, I don't really remember that. They'd be like, eh, we won't put it in, right? 
Yeah, but I think also that's the reason why we shouldn't do it because there are things in there where, like the deleted scene of the from the last episode, you know, that called back to those rock creatures. Like, there's no way right. I would know that. <laughs> right, but that's because we're not in the room yet. Like, that wouldn't be in the episode if we were in the room and they asked us, "Do you remember this thing?" Okay, so you you want us to be there to dilute it? Well, no, we're we're concentrating it. <laughs> For optimal reference appreciation. No, this goes back to my brothers and the Halloween costumes. Like, I I like, I mean, just in general, but for this show in particular, like, I like having to do the research and finding out where these cuts are coming from, you know? And it's, it's just, it, it's so much fun to not only do the research, but to be like, to learn that about the Star Trek history. Yeah, it's an Easter egg hunt. It's like a little oh, totally escape is. room. It's yeah. an escape room of Star Trek proportions. Right. And it's just a question of how deep do you want to go? You know, like you can just enjoy the episode for what it is. You don't need to know those references to know what's going on. But if you want to look into it to try to figure out where everything came from, it it's really fun. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So we wouldn't be good in the, in the writer's room. Uh, I still want to go though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I think I think that we would be good to to show like, you know, whether or not the reference is worth it. Um. But I don't think we'd be good as, you know, do you get that reference? <laughs> I'm sure all of the people in the writer's room are at some level a Star Trek nerd. I don't think you could be hired on this show and not have that. I just I can't imagine there just being a, a comedy writer that worked on American Dad and came over to this show. I just can't imagine and knows nothing about Star Trek. There's no way. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. So we'll move on from that. We don't have to be in the writer's room. No. All right. All right. I'll delete that email oh. then. <laughs> you can't undo a sent email. <laughs> Actually, you can in Gmail for like 15 seconds. But anyway, there's this low gravity scene where they make it into the low the gravity place. Uh-huh. Anti-gravity. Where are they? Yeah. Based on everything that was happening, they were in some kind of cog for the uh, deflector shield. Oh, that's right. Because – goes because it spins for some reason (laughs) i just i love that scene because they well first off they they earned everything that happened in there um through last season um there was an episode where they they got hit with the the spores i think from the naked time and the naked now um no is that it there was something that happened where boimler winds up full-on goatseeing, uh, if you know what that is, um, to the camera, and it's become, like, a meme all over the place. So they've had Boimler already exposed graphically, sexually. So to have these two characters drop down to their skivvies to have some kind of tether, and it's a callback to the the uh, Abram Star Trek movie, and it was just great that, like, you can't really call them out for being misogynistic because they've already done something Far worse to, like, the nerdiest boy. Yeah, I did feel very random that they just got down to their, their underwears. Yeah, you know? yeah. It felt very intentional. It didn't feel like this is this is just a matter of fact. Well, I so like... I was wondering about that. I liked the speed in which, you know, they didn't hunt for a tether. They were like, we we have these items right here that we can tie together. You know, and I feel like it's faster doing it this way than trying to hunt for some kind of rope or cable that we can use in this area. Yeah. Um, and there isn't a shut off switch in case you're in there, you know, there's not like a, like when you're at the gas station, 
Oh, I'm sure there's there like a is. Shut off switch. Right. I'm sure there is, but they didn't want to be caught. Right. Yeah. But I, yeah, just everything about that scene just tickled me just right. Like the the way that she got him by like grabbing onto his hair. <laughs> you just have to start pulling. Yeah. <laughs> he just basically gets beat up the whole show. Oh, I know. Right? Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I was talking about, though. Like you were talking about all the references they were making last season, uh, et cetera, and <clears throat> about the naked now and the spores, or right. whatever. That it seems like the show seems to nest itself in the wake of all of the different shows in terms of okay, this happened in next gen, so there's like this the wake of that naked now or the wake of that spirit of Manuki. <laughs> It's going to kind of float past us and we're going to have to you know, do something with it. I wish they would just go into it. You know what I mean? Go into some of them. Right. Make an episode about one of those things. And I don't think that's the, the mission statement of the show. But that would be, that, that would be exactly what we want in terms of a, a show. Because right now, it's you know, as we've talked about, it's very joke forward yes. as it should be. So that's, that's kind of you – know, that kind of segues into – whether or not I think it's a proper Star Trek episode, and like I'm, I'm sitting on the fence because it really is just uh, it's it's Rat Race if you remember that movie, um, just with two groups instead of you know fifteen, but all of the all of the things that they did were very sci-fi, but they didn't have to do those things to get through the plot. Like it was just the. It, kind of what the blurb says, like the Delta team and the beta, the Delta shift and the beta shift are fighting to get to a place first and they go through obstacles to get there. Those obstacles could have been anything. It was the the shattered episode of uh, Voyager, you know, like they they could have gone through any rooms that were not sci fi related. All of those rooms were sci fi, but they didn't yeah. have to be. Yeah, you're right. I guess I just want it to be a little bit more focused it feels very kind of blurry in the background. You know what I mean? Like, for example, this whole low gravity scene, um, it could have been something that they explored because when there's when there's gravity pockets in something like that, like, for example, okay, so let me go to real life. In real life, they're saying you can create artificial gravity if you just spin something. So if you're on the outside using centrifugal or centripetal, one of those doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> you can Google it later. But... You know, if you spin something, it's pretend gravity, where it's sort of forcing you, your feet into the end of the thing that you're spinning, and that kind of feels like gravity. The problem with that is the amount of perceived gravity is different at your feet than it is at your head. And so even if you were – even just the – through the course of walking, you would be experiencing different versions of gravity or different intensities of gravity – and it just would make everybody vomit all the time, <laughs> right? It's not it's not the same thing as when you're on Earth where gravity is pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. And even when you go up and down, you go farther away from the Earth on an airplane, more or less, it is the same amount of gravity. Not the case in these centrifugal, centripetal One of forces. Those, yeah. yeah. But it would have been fun if it wasn't just sort of this, they were like a playground, but that – being in this, like it sort of affected them in some way, in the way that that artificial gravity would. Right. You know, instead of it was just sort of a playground and they were kind of having a moment. That's fine. But it, it, it was, very that was their Wonka. moment. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, up to, up to and including the blades. 
You know, he gets slammed into it, and they've got to figure out how to get him out. I mean, obviously, the method is totally different. They're not like, burp, but... <laughs> what a reference that would have been. <laughs> wow. Um, but I did like the callback to Bold Boimler in this episode as well. Yeah, well, that was just the previous episode, or was that two episodes ago? I don't remember. I think it was two episodes ago. It's been so long. I know. And I like that he's sticking with it, you know? Right. In, in true next-gen fashion... It was merely just a reference to the previous episode. It wasn't, you know, it was a callback. That's all right. it was. Yeah. So the thing, so you talked about being tickled in this scene. I loved every single time. I think they did it two or three times where somebody gets slapped in the face mm-hmm. and the sound effect is just a perfect, it's the perfect sound effect. I th- oh, it is when she grabs Boimler's head to pull him out of the cent- the centrifuge or whatever's happening. And it's like, the it shouldn't have even happened, but it was like the perfect, like... <laughs> Whatever that thing is, <laughs> right. like that, it's just that little bit more of abuse for Boimler, right? Uh-huh. That he didn't deserve. <laughs> it just, and I think the other one happens to who's the big, huge Bajoran? Uh, who's like security? Shacks, I think his name is. Yeah, he gets slapped in the face from the guy with the the bald head. Yeah, he's like the Phillips, engineer. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Just not uh, unnecessary, you know? Right. At all, completely unnecessary. It just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this episode had a lot. I I definitely chuckled more in this episode than I have with any of the other episodes so far. Um, I really I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I like this better than the last one. Yeah, for sure. And I I don't know if you caught it or not, um, but the hostess for the spa ship um, is the same alien that took over Chekhov's point in the same alien race that took over Chekhov's point in the animated series. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Another deep cut. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, definitely a callback to the animated series. And if you if you watched it, then you knew right away. And if you didn't, then it was just another alien in Star Trek. So for most people, it was just another alien in Star Trek. It actually, oh, for sure. She actually looks, looked very Star Wars. Very Star Wars yes. mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, so there's a point where the captain gets super pissed. Yeah. Because she's working for – or she has a bunch of Geordie LaForges working for her. Yes. She says that. <laughs> she said, yep. And that like struck me strange because they don't really play Geordie as being this super this workaholic. Workhorse, yeah. 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 He's actually – what we see most of him doing, uh, half and half. Half he's in the engineering bay doing stuff, right? Right. The other half he's on the holodeck. He's in 10 forward. You know, He's in his quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, he, I feel like he's not somebody who we always see in engineering. Right. Right. No, if anybody, it's it would funny. be uh, Bolana. Bolana. Torres. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I totally blanked on that name. I, I think. I mean, yes. He he just kind of worked half and half. But she wouldn't know. She wouldn't know Torres. She would know LaForge because he's on the flagship. And I feel like everybody would know. Everybody in Starfleet would know who's on the Enterprise at any time. That's true, but would she not know? Like, where is Voyager right now in the course of, of Lower Decks? Is Voyager back? I don't think so, because this this takes place just a few years after Enterprise ended. You mean next gen? or Sorry, Enterprise? next generation. <laughs> yeah, next gen. <laughs> can we, like, is there anybody who can confirm that? With star dates and stuff. They don't ever really say star dates in this show like they do in the other ones. They do. But they do, but it's not like they open every show with star date. Right. That's true. I don't want to know that. Because you're right. It totally should be Bolana Torres. 
but it's she's not. the workhorse. Right. But it's not. <laughs> but what was your point? Like, so she gets all stressed. That was my point. Oh. It's like why why Jordy LaForge? Oh, okay. He's not he's not considered. Maybe that's just you know. If anything, it should be a Scotty because he was the one. No, he was the one who said that he says he's working a lot, but in fact, it's just a lie. Well, but I, I mean, that's what we know from him. I don't think Starfleet knows that. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. So you're right. Another thing that made me that made me laugh is all the beeps, the bleeped swearing. Uh huh. They seem to balance that really well in the show. They're not always swearing and bleeping it out because that would get boring. Right. But they always find those token two or three times where they say it and they leave in just enough of the real word to make it funny. Uh-huh. You know, there's, there's like an art form to bleeping swearing. Right. And you can't just bleep the whole thing because then it's just, well, what do they say? Yeah. You got to leave the little f in there. Mm-hmm. There, there is an episode of some sitcom. I, I don't know which one it is. Uh, my brother knows. But they actually didn't bleep the the word at all. It cuts to a commercial break, and oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. So he goes fuck, and then it cuts to a commercial, and it comes back, and he goes uck. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say they did that a little bit in She Hulk, where they she's about to swear, right? Captain and America, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which good for you, Disney. Right? You got some hair on your balls now. <laughs> They've also got hair on their ass if you've ever seen Splash, the the one on Disney Plus. But Oh really? Yeah. You should, oh. you should go check out that last scene where Daryl Hannah's running away. <laughs> I did a number on her hair. So speaking of detail. Speaking of detail, one nice of my segue. favorite details that they do, and I want to know where does this detail come from? Is it in the script? Is it the animators or the drawers, whatever? The pipeline is. But when Ransom gets his bag of churros, uh-huh. there is like a little greasy line. Right? At the, at the bottom of it? Yep. But, yeah. <laughs> and obviously that's somebody who has had their fair share of churros. Whoever, sure. Right. You know. Yeah. But where does that lie? Is that in the script? Ransom grabs his bag that is stained with grease at the bottom of it. Right. You know, does that start there? Or is that a, a great idea Somewhere down the line. You know. Just in the uh, in the inker, in the person who colored it. Right. It could have been his idea, but it could have been already there. Right, right, right. It could have yeah. said, we need it. But need that's what I'm saying. Like, it could have yeah. been in the script, or it could have just been literally the last minute. Somebody was like, oh, hang on, and just shaded that area just a little bit darker. Yeah. But that's the kind of detail I like. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of stuff. But having said that, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's just Explain. been replicated, and that means it was replicated to have a slightly greasier base in the bag that's very interesting so technically what should have happened is it replicated clean and then immediately started kind of greasing up right right? yeah (laughs) that would have been good i can't remember if this was something that he pre-programmed or if he just asked for it uh was this was this ransom greasy churro bag number two (laughs) program or something like that right no he did ask for like 30 churros in a unmarked brown paper bag like he gave the specific descriptions for it um so it was not a you know ransom number seven right makes you wonder what one through six are right um yeah so i just like that kind of detail yeah like when it happens so i don't know if this is a star trek episode right i don't think it is yeah i don't think so either i think that it you know again fully immersed in the star trek world and absolutely watch it if you're a star trek fan 
but it doesn't hit the criteria. No. I can't even make it work. Right. Really. They just don't do it. Which is fine. I mean, this is the animation. This is the animated Star Trek show, right? Right. The modern is, animation. Yeah, it, it is very much for Star Trek fans. I feel like Strange New World and Lower Decks are for Star Trek fans, for the same Star Trek fans, but for completely different reasons. Right. I think they do in Strange New Worlds what we want them to do in this show. They just are choosing not to. Right. Which is truly explore all these different weird things that are happening. Yeah. I feel like it's happening a lot where they're they're running into adversaries and they are forced to sit with these adversaries for a certain amount of time. They become friends and then – Something else happens. <laughs> we never see them again in the show. Oh, you're right. And, you know, like, I, I, I want to know, is this going to be the show? Like, has this been the show through seasons one and two? Uh-huh. Maybe we should watch seasons one and two. I think we should, but I don't – unfortunately, I don't think we'll get to it before season three ends. You're probably right. It's <laughs> a very good point, and you're probably right. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we're kind of getting our education – you know, like, when you would walk into class in high school – 15 or 20 minutes late for whatever reason, but, and you just could never catch up. Yeah. <laughs> like no matter what was happening, you were always late to the party in a bad way. Right. Right. And it just never, it just might as well not come to the, to the class. Yeah. That's how it feels. Right. Your, your choice is to miss everything that's being taught because you're trying to catch what you missed in the first 15 minutes or to just write down everything that's being told you without learning any of it because you missed the first 15 minutes. <laughs> well, it's somehow like, even if you were 10 minutes late, they somehow managed to cram in an hour and a half worth of knowledge on how to do something, whatever the subject was for the day. And now everyone's just practicing the thing that you missed right. on how to do. Yeah. Uh, high school was hard. It was hard. But it's done. Long since passed. No, it's still with me. <laughs> I still... <laughs> uh, okay, so not a Star Trek episode. That's okay. Or no, sorry. We always say that. I hate it. Not a genuine Star Trek episode. Yeah, not a proper Star Trek episode, but a really good one. Yeah. Okay. Well, what are we watching next, Jonathan? <laughs> um, Star Trek. It's going to be Lower Decks this time. Season 3, okay. Episode 5, TBA. Okay. Well, I've been Paul. I've been Jonathan. And this has been the measure of an episode. I don't know which way to go. <sighs> but you already knew that. See, we're, we're just doing Crap. gruff, growly <laughs> I know. Now. All right, fine, 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 fine. Let me do it, everyone. Um, I'll go in the other direction of what I was going to do. Who are you doing? Don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> but you already knew that. Oh, that was good. Who was it? Was that the bird guy? Damn it. No. <laughs> so it was not good. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not the right person to be. No, my co-host is not the right person. <laughs> well, I don't know the show. They were on this I mean, episode. Is this, somebody, is this someone from our life? Or is this from the show? <laughs> from this episode, from all episodes. Is it Tendy? We're just going to leave it at that and see if the, the audience can figure it out. <laughs> so no, audience. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>